0: Thanks for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Life Church, visit lifechurchww.com. Let's stand up together. Continue on our The Gifts of Christmas. Stand as we read God's Word, and I'm going to unpack this for us today. Luke chapter 2. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. I want to unpack this great joy thought today. And it says this for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Let me start with just defining a little bit here the difference between joy and happiness because I want to talk on the subject, the gift of joy. I want to talk about the gift of joy. Happiness is an emotion based on circumstances and outcomes. You can be, you can experience happiness and sadness in the same day. In fact, you can experience happiness and sadness in the same hour, but joy, I want to define joy for us today. It is an attitude of gratitude coming from a heavenly awareness of God's goodness despite earthly circumstances. So it's, it's, it's an attitude. Joy is an attitude. It's much, it's much deeper than happiness. Noah Webster, in his dictionary, defines joy as this. The passion or emotion excited by the acquisition or expectation of good a glorious and triumphant state. Oh, I like Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. Well, before I unpack any more of this message for us today, I'd like you just to watch these testimonies about the subject of joy. Check this out. I don't know that uh, anyone would ever use the word joy to describe me or joyful or any variation thereof Mm -hmm. up to probably a, a year or two ago.
1: I felt a crippling depression and anxiety. There were times where I would just lie in bed for two hours and I felt like I couldn't get up. It got to a point where I didn't care whether I lived or died. I had cancer and the moment that I was informed of that, you can't imagine, but a sense of the Holy Spirit and the presence of like a heavenly presence just filled the room. God gave me such a complete peace about the matter. I can't describe it, a peace that I can't describe. I've always been kind of an optimistic person, being able to know that I don't have to create that optimism in myself. The joy, like, was there. It wasn't something I had to manufacture. It took a while, it took three years, actually, where I start to, to begin to consistently follow Jesus, consistently be in my Word, and in daily prayer and Bible reading. Like, the amount of joy that I have now because of it is literally, like, beyond comprehension. I just feel like joy. the Lord has guided me in so many ways, and fulfilled me with with the joy of the Lord. In fact, there's a scripture that says, God is speaking, my joy will be your joy and your joy will be uh, completed.
0: Uh, for me, it's a choice. Like, you have to remember that even when it seems like nothing in your life is good, there's there's always something.
1: If like I could go from in freshman year in college to being nearly taking my life to this point where I have joy and peace that surpass all understanding, then yeah, there's definitely hope for someone like that. So much distress in the world, so much disappointment, yet there's so much to be thankful for. I had joy in community. I had joy in like um, just the grace of God that He's He's covering what I mess up. Happiness is a temporary thing. Joy is a permanent thing. I do have joy. (laughs) Yes, he does. He's married to Joy. That's her name.
0: I love the definition that we just got of joy and happiness from these couples and this single. Such a, a we're we're all made different, but God still has this gift of joy for each of us. Now, um, I want you to just for a moment, think about how you picture Jesus. How do you picture God in your mind? Does, would, would the expression of his face be of excitement or joy? Or would the expression of his face be of maybe disappointment or somber regalness? Or is he middle-aged, old? What is he? Is he playful? Does he ever smile? Is he, does he ever laugh? Whatever picture you currently have of Jesus is affecting your relationship with him. Whatever picture you have of Jesus in your life is affecting what you receive from Him. I remember the only time in my life where a picture of Jesus appeared in my mind's eye. I was driving down the down the road. I'm 19 years old. I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm like I'm 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 compl- I'm praying, complaining, praying, and 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 just letting God know how rotten this ministry. Expression is that I'm trying to reach our community college, and and all of a sudden, without me conjuring it up, a a picture of Jesus's face appeared that looked honestly much like this—that of just Jesus bending backwards and laughing, just, just laughing. It's the only picture that of of the Lord the Lord has ever allowed me to see, and I just I I, I was I was kind of awestruck by it because that's not how I felt. I didn't feel happy at the time. I was not joy-filled at the time. In fact, I had a lot of reasons why I wasn't joy-filled, and yet God didn't feel like I felt. He was full of joy, and, and, it, and it, rem, it reminds me, I saw this, by the way, in a Christian bookstore. They used to have Christian bookstores. You'd go into a store and buy a book, and, and I, I, was, I was just right after that, went into a Christian bookstore and saw that. And I bought it because it, I was like, that's the, that's the face that I saw in my mind's eye. And it reminds me of this, John 15. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I've spoken things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So this tells me a few things about Jesus. First off, he's joyful. He wants us to know that he's got some joy and he wants whatever joy he has to be in us and he doesn't want it to be stolen. He wants it to remain in us and he doesn't want it half full. He doesn't want it three quarters full. He wants it full in our life. So joy comes in all kinds of sizes, but I want the full kind of, I want the full joy that Jesus has for me. So my first thought for us today is I just want us to realize that there is a gift of joy with your name on it. So you go to the Christmas tree, and you, at least at our home, we, we find names, and we start making piles. So we got, okay, Thad's pile, okay, Mariah's pile, and, and you know, my pile, and then Mom's got one gift. No, I'm just kidding. It's, um, sorry, Mom, she does all the shopping for everybody. Didn't you buy yourself something? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my job? <laughs> okay. You were just so good at it. <laughs> And we do that because there's names on all the gifts, right? I want you to know that Jesus wants you to know he has a wrapped gift with your name on it. It's, when you unwrap it, it's called joy. It has joy in it. Here's why I tell you that, and it's out of Romans. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is this, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, And Jesus told us the kingdom of God is within you. That's what he said. So when you get born again, this is what you get. You get right right living, you get peace, and you get joy. That is your gift. This is our gift. So I need to tell you something. Joy is not a personality type. Joy is not, well, there are seven on the Enneagram. Of course they're joyful. I'm a four. I contemplate some stuff, right? This is not... This is not a personality type or personality trait. God didn't dole out gifts different, different because of personalities and say, hey, you get a lot of joy. You get an itsy bitsy little tiny box of joy. No, 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 we're, we're all different, but we all have the same gift. Now, I've historically been a, I wake up and I'm, within a few moments, I'm kind of a wake up full of energy kind of guy. So historically, I've, <laughs> I wake up and, and I tap my wife on the shoulder seven times. It's, it, just, it just goes, tap, tap, da, tap, 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 tap. I don't know when it started, a long time ago. Just mm, mm, mm. kind of like, I don't want to be alone. Hi, what's going on? <laughs> Morning. And now some people, some people wake up and they're like, they hang the doorknob hanger that says do not disturb until I've had my three cups of coffee, Right. We have different personalities. We, 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 we have different, maybe, um, uh, physical ailments, or we have different circumstances going on in our life. But there is no difference between who gets joy and who does not from Jesus. He said, I pray my joy will remain in you, and that your joy will be full. So there is a Christmas gift wrapped with your name on it. All right, another thought I have for us today. And then I want to unwrap, how do we get this joy in us? So then he said to them out of Nehemiah, go your way, eat the fat, which my grandmother always did. Hey, there's something about, grandparents impact you more than you realize. There's something about my grandparents. They lived through the depression. When they were done eating their meal at, at dinner, I just remember you pretty much didn 't have to put it in the dishwasher because it always was wiped with a piece of bread at the end. Come on, anybody, know that? just wipe and it was like looked like nobody had eaten a thing. and I mean, you ate all of it. You, everything you took, you ate every bit of it, you just put it back up in the shelf. Anyway, my grandmother always ate the fat that 's why I thought of that. All right. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Look, at, so in the holy presence of God, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's what I want you to know about joy. Joy, it's your strength, it'll get you through. Joy will get you through. Joy will get you through what other things, what, uh, will, will cause other people to get stuck in. Joy is what we need to be able to get through some stuff. You need to know this. The devil isn't after your marriage. The devil's not after your money. He doesn't need your money. The devil's not even after, uh, after illness in your life. I, what he's after is your joy. He's after your joy because he knows if I take your joy, I take your strength. And if I take your strength, I take your effectiveness. There is a reason why Jesus was full of joy. He needed joy in order to fulfill the purpose of God in his life. Check this out out of Hebrews chapter 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him. Okay, what was the joy set before Jesus? Look down your aisle for a minute. Just look around. See the people around you. That's the joy. I'm looking around this room right now. That's the joy. There's the joy. There's the joy. You were the joy that was set before Jesus. So he looked and he saw in the future and he's like, these people are gonna respond to the good news and they're gonna get born again and they're gonna have a relationship with me. That filled Jesus with joy. How did Jesus go through the cross? The joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In order for Jesus to make it through the most horrific experience a human human could experience, he needed joy. If Jesus needed joy to fulfill the purpose and to endure, how many of you know we all need some joy as well? Come on, tell somebody next to you, Jesus has some joy for you. Come on, tell him Jesus got some joy for you. So we need the joy of Jesus to make it through. You need the joy of Jesus to make it from wherever your marriage is right now to where you want your marriage to be. You need joy to make it through wherever your job situation is right now to get you to where your job situation you dream for your job to be. You need joy to get you through this season so you can move from here to there. In order to get from where you are to where you want to be, you need joy to get you there. And I'm here to tell you, joy is available. And I know I don't need to convince anybody in this room that you need joy. Everyone in their right mind, if given the option, hey, can I live a joy-filled life? Or do I have to live a depressed life? Everyone would say, "Uh, choice A, please, I'm going to choose the the joy-filled life. I get it. The issue is, is how do we live it? How do we unwrap the gift? If there truly is a gift that is filled with joy with my name on it, then I want to unwrap that gift and I wanna possess it, I want it to remain and I want it to stay full in my life. And I know that you do as well. So let's talk about how we unwrap the gift of joy. And here's my main thought for us today. And it's, it's this, we have to learn to fight for joy. Do not settle for a joyless life. Again, I am not talking about living a life in a pool one inch deep, a shallow life, ignoring that life is hard, ignoring that there's any sorrow in it. I need you to know Jesus was full of joy and the scripture also says Jesus wept. Jesus experienced sorrow. So I'm not talking about something shallow here. But as hard as life is and people die early on us and there's tragedies in life, life is also a gift. Life is a gift, and people fall in love, and people get married, and babies are born, and people can be forgiven, and people can change. And we have an invitation from Jesus to live forever in heaven. I'm here to tell you, God is good, and he's not in a bad mood. Their life is a gift. So we have to learn to fight for joy because our flesh Wars against our spirit. And I just want you to picture this with me. Happiness is experienced in your flesh, but joy is experienced in your spirit. So I want to teach you today how to fight well with your spirit so that your flesh doesn't steal your joy. Galatians 5.17 says this, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict. There is a war. There is a fight between the Spirit of God on the inside of you and your fleshly self. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. All right, so this, this is just to set the, set the stage. There is a war going on. Galatians, again, same chapter, talks to us about the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, and here it is, love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I began to ponder this, even afresh this week. And I'm thinking, I get it. God, I get that the fruit of the Spirit is kind, is good, gentle. I get all that. But why are you, and I get love, but why would you throw this in? That a fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. That just tells me something about God. This is how God describes himself. That's cool. That's good news. Of great joy. That the spirit of God. Here's what he produces in our life. He produces love. He produces joy. So. The Bible teaches us joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, all right? So remember that. What's the fruit of flesh? Same chapter, just back a couple of verses. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, I get all that. that. Again, but then it goes on, hatred, discord, and says jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. he says this, whoops. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Remember what we read earlier? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So he says, if you let the flesh rule, you're not gonna experience righteousness, peace, or joy. It's gonna war, your flesh wars against your spirit. And so all of these things, jealousy and envy, and I highlighted jealousy and envy because of this. I believe the the manifestation of jealousy and envy is a manifestation of the lack of gratitude. It's a lack of gratitude. I'm no longer grateful for what I have and I want what you got. What I have is not good enough, so I want what you have. And so it is a lack of gratitude, which by the way, I just think is pretty much a manifestation of a lot of what's going on in our culture today. I read this quote and I I just had to throw it in. My grandfather walked 10 miles to work every day. My father walked five miles. I'm driving a Cadillac. My son is in a Mercedes. My grandson will be in a Ferrari. But my great-grandson will be walking again. Do you want to know why? Because tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create tough times. Weak men are jealous and envious, and I just, I just let me just share it. For the, if you don't know how to have a bad attitude, I want to teach you how to have a bad attitude. <laughs> allow allow your life to be based on circumstances. Allow your attitude to be solely based on circumstances. Adapt when and then thinking. When I get here, then I'll be this. When I get that, then I'll be this. Okay. Another way to adapt a bad attitude is this, is to worry about everything. Another way is just to think about your needs far more than you think about anybody else's. Last but not least, stop being grateful for what you already have. Gratefulness fights off envy and jealousy and helps keep the flesh from stealing the gift of joy in your spirit. So I wanna show you that Jesus did this. I wanna show you that Jesus in his ministry always had negative stuff going on and positive stuff going on. If you look at Jesus's life on the earth, it was not all positive. Now it it was, but there was always trouble going on. There was always people lying about him. There were always people challenging him. There was always not, there, there wasn't always the great stuff that we would think would go on going on. So think about why Jesus came on the planet. He said it. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. It's his whole goal. I came on the earth to, to save humanity. So he preaches everywhere and he does miracles. And I want you to see when he, is, when he is denouncing cities where most of his miracles have been done, and he was just denouncing them because they didn't repent. So this is pretty much a pretty negative thing. He's like, I went around on my ministry tour, nobody got saved. I did miracles, healed sick people, raised the dead. They still wouldn't repent. Watch Jesus' focus. Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been done, had been performed. So this is most, because they did not repent. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you. Oh, in the middle of recognizing The ministry isn't going good. That's exactly what I was doing at 19 years old. Trying to reach our community college and it tanked. It went from 75 to three. Grandma, cowboy, and me. And I'm complaining to God. And Jesus is laughing. He's in a good mood. He's just full of joy. In the middle of Jesus recognizing That most of the cities where he had done most of his miracles, the people didn't repent. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you. So what did he focus on? I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. So what he did is he didn't focus on what God wasn't doing. He found something that God was doing. I would have come to church for that right there. That's, that's, it's pretty sad when the pastor amends his own message. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Just for us to know, there's usually something right alongside whatever's going good in your life. There's something right alongside that's not going good that wants to steal your attention and steal your joy. So what am I telling you? Fight for joy fight for it so for jesus to accomplish his mission he didn't stop when he was denouncing the towns which they didn't repent and just go well didn't work ministry didn't work obviously majority of people didn't listen to me most of the cities going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket he didn't go beam me up father i'm out of here no reason to finish he goes, there's a few children that have heard the message and I'll praise you for it. And I thank you for this gift of joy that I will not let the devil take. So we have to learn to fight for our joy. How many of you, when you have some Christmas gift parties that you have something called, you know, what is it where you, 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 white elephant. Yes. And, and each, each person just brings one gift and then they go around and there's, there's an order into opening gifts. And the first person has to open a gift because no gift's been opened yet. And the next person can choose, do I want your gift you already opened or to open a new one? Well, we did that last year as a family and, and about a couple into it, there was this cool blanket that says, Property of Grimm, established 1964. So that's when my parents got married. And my wife and I were looking at each other, going, We're gonna get that. How <laughs> I many you know married couples, they don't have to say, We're gonna get that. You just look at one another, look at the and go, I gotcha, I gotcha. Right? And that's what went down. And it was going around, and my wife had it, and she got it stolen from her. But I was later on. And I knew, don't you dare open another gift. You steal that. I think I stole it from my mother. I don't know. (laughs) But I fought for my joy. And guess who's been snuggling in that blanket all year long? All year long. The enemy wants to join in your party. And he saw you open something with your name on it. A gift of joy. And he wants to take it. I'm just here to tell you, don't let him have it. And my last thought for us today is this. Sometimes, just like my wife and I, we looked at one another and she had it and she got it taken away and she knew you can get it back. You're later on. Sometimes to unwrap the gift of joy, not only do we need to fight for it, but we need to have people to fight with us and we need to have some joy-filled friends. We need to have some joy. This is one of the reasons why I love church. Listen, if you... Are you, if, if you, I know I can't say this to you because I'm preaching to the choir, but I would, not, I would not really want to go to a church that always was depressing and felt like every Sunday was a funeral. Like, hmm, whew, I was joyful till I got there. I got to build myself up just to get, whew. so you got to have some joy-filled friends and honestly, Jesus is full of joy and he's got a lot of joy-filled kids. So Paul talked this way about the Philippians. Look at this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So when he thought about the Philippians, he's like, man, I just get thankful when I think about you guys. And when I start praying for you, I pray with joy. I literally pray with joy when I think about you. So let me ask you a question. Who, when you think about them, make you smile? Who, when you think about them, make you thankful for them? Who is it that when you think about them, you don't send them to voicemail when they call? Come on, y'all know there's some people that do it. Some of you right now wondering, is that why I always get sent to voicemail? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Paul writes about the Philippians. Look at that. I'm just so thankful when I remember you. I can just see Paul, someone saying, hey, have you been to the Philippian church lately? He's, oh, And he just smiles. Who's in your life that makes you smile? Who's in your life that makes just joy comes up in your heart when you think about them? Have more people like that in your life. Because if everybody you fellowship with is a relational vampire, they're going to be sucking your joy tank empty. So you got to have some people. You gotta, I'm not saying that you you only choose joy filled people because some people that aren't joy filled need to be around you. But you got to balance it. You got to balance those people in your life. You got to have some joy filled people. If you can't think of anybody right now, then it's time to get in a life church life group. It's time to get to know some people in the body of Christ. So joy is deeper than happiness. And I believe joy is an option for a believer. I believe joy is a is a choice for a Christian. Happiness are choices for non-believers. But true joy is a choice for believers, and here's why. Isaiah says this, my last scripture. It's right for me to feel, oh, whoops, not my last scripture. With joy, you will draw water from the wells, that's something deep, of salvation. Joy is connected to being saved. You draw joy out of being saved. So if you can think of nothing else, going good, At the end of 2022, just think about you ain't going to hell. You're going to heaven. We're all on our way to heaven. And I want to pray for us today. So before I do, though, let's stand up together. Let's stand together. I want you to look at the scripture again. Joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. So I just got to ask you a question. Are you saved? Are you what the Bible says, born again? Jesus in the Word said, You must be born again. You gotta be born again. It's why He came. He came that we would be saved. Pastor, what does that mean? It just means you admit you need to be saved and you look to Jesus to save you. Jesus, I'm a sinner. You're the Savior. Forgive me. I want to be saved. And Jesus goes, thank you. And he fills you with his spirit. And he puts all that fruit down on the inside. And then we learn how to fight so that our flesh doesn't win the day and our spirit does. But if you're in the sound of my voice online or in the room, and you're not sure if you're saved, don't leave this place the same way you came in. In fact, we started a song today. The way you leave is going to be different than the way you came in. And I believe it's because of this right here. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you're in this place and you're unsure if you're born again, or you're pretty sure that you're not, you're not right with God. I'm not gonna call you forward. But this is an intimate moment between you and Jesus. And I wanna invite you to pray with me right where you're standing or wherever you are listening online. Because your salvation is one prayer away. If that's you, and you'd say, Bob, I want to get my life right with God. I want to find out what it means to be born again. and I want to start this journey right now. If that's you between you, me and Jesus, would you just look up and catch eyes with me and wave so I can see you and just know you're going to pray with us. pray with me right now, I see you, sir. Thank you. Who else is here today? I don't want to miss you today. Wonderful. Great. Over here, I see you. Wonderful. It's great. I feel like there's somebody else here today. That's why you kind of feel nervous right now. You're like, what's going on? Am I born again? Am I not born again? Today's your day. I see you. He sees you. Church, can you help out our friends together today? Everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today in need of salvation. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. Fill me today with your holy spirit and with your joy i pray this right now in jesus name everybody shout it amen we give god praise today thank you for listening to the life church podcast we want to help you on your journey of finding the life you were made for please visit lifechurchww.com to take your next step and connect with us